Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Dr. Lawrence Tam. I'm Dr. Damian Kristoff. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And this is the Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness to our lives. And today we have a very special guest from the United States. Um, we have Drew Manning. Now, if some of you who've never heard who Drew is, he did something absolutely amazing just <laughs> i just checked you know, just go on his website and um which we'll tell you at the end of this call he just the pictures just wow i just can't believe it so drew uh, welcome aboard and uh would you like to just start by telling us your story and and uh, tell us what you just done recently yeah first of all thanks for having me on i appreciate it um for those who don't know me i guess uh i'm uh known here in the u.s as the fit to fat to fit guy uh, basically, what happened was uh, a little over a year ago, I decided to undertake a journey of letting myself go for the first time. I've, I've, I'm someone that's always been in shape, never struggled with weight or food cravings. I grew up playing sports, and um, and then as a personal trainer, I felt like for me, I needed to have a better understanding, uh, a different perspective. And so for six months, I decided to stop exercising and eat an unrestricted diet. I ended up gaining 75 pounds wow. <laughs> during those six months. Wow. And then the next six months were dedicated to um, losing the weight, of course, but uh, you know, re, um, by doing it with a different perspe perspective where I was now, instead of the fit guy, I was the overweight guy at the gym trying to lose the weight. Um, so that's basically my journey in a nutshell. That's full on, mate. So you've gone from super fit, super lean. It would have taken a little bit of time really for your body to kind of kick out of being thermogenic because having been so fit and so well to kick off with, you could have eaten a packet of Krispy Kremes and it wouldn't have even touched the sides. But how long do you reckon it took for your body to kind of start to fall out of shape? Um, no, it was, it was pretty quick within the first month. I noticed a big difference. Wow. Obviously the, the weight I gained the first week or so was mostly water weight. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but the weight just continued to, um, to rise and I, I continued to pack on the pounds and I noticed the, you know, the visceral fat around my organs was pretty uh, noticeable within the first month or two. And, and I used to be someone who I can notice it. Uh, within after two days of eating unhealthy or not going to the gym, I I would definitely notice a, a small difference. For, but doing it for six months, obviously, um, it was very noticeable, and uh, it, it it came on a lot quicker, and I gained a lot more weight than I thought I was going to gain. I mean, well, you obviously started from a really fit base, mate. Like, I'm, I'm looking at your yeah. picture here on the website, and I'm thinking, mate, if I ever get myself looking like that, there's no way I'm doing anything to change it. But uh, so it's yeah. very brave of you. But uh, but I remember you talking about how you uh, you had a few issues um, not exercising, and I remember particularly talking about how you, you had a few issues with your partner because she was able to keep exercising. Can you tell us about that and how that went? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, people need to realize I, I really was obsessed with uh, with being in shape, and I, I, you know, I complained to my wife if I didn't go to the gym, you know, for a couple of days, or if I didn't eat healthy, I would complain to her. So I really was obsessed, and so going from that to all of a sudden, okay, no exercise for six months, um, it really was an addiction. It was hard for me 
to uh, let myself go in that way. And so it, that's the, the biggest surprise is how hard it was on me mentally and emotionally and not just physically. And then, yeah, my wife, what's funny is she actually lost weight uh, during my uh, gaining journey <laughs> because uh, I, I think I might have turned her off to, the, to those types of foods that, that she used to crave all the time because I was eating them every day, which was interesting. <laughs> the, one of the classic things is you go through your photos and the amount of back fat that you get. So did you find that because you weren't exercising, you were more stressed? Was that, did you feel that? Yeah, uh, obviously my, when you say back fat, I'm assuming um, it's mostly the lower area back that, um, that's where I gained the weight the quickest. So yes, I did feel um, those, the, the areas that I gained the weight first were my lower back love handle area and uh, and then obviously the gut. Um, and But what's funny is I didn't gain a lot of it in my arms or, or my legs, which was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's you're, surprising. You're right, though. I mean, I, just from week four, you can really see the difference. Like, just just massive changes from, like, week three, week four, around that area. And so within that month, your body just changed shape. It's amazing to see. Let's talk Let's talk about your emotional levels, you know. Like, how did you feel sure. going through the, you know, going through that gaming? I mean, physically, obviously, we can see that. But, like, what, is, yeah. what did it make you feel emotionally? How did that affect you? Yeah, and like I said, that was the biggest surprise, and that was the hardest thing, was the mental and emotional side. And so emotionally, I was very, very self-conscious, um, even after the first month of going out in public, going to restaurants or grocery stores, um, and my self-esteem definitely took a hit. I just was so surprised, you know, going out in public, you know, I used to be the fit guy, and now and now being, you know, even 20 pounds overweight, I was still... Um, you know, I'd wear loose clothing now instead of tight clothing. And I would, you know, it got to the point where I would even cover up in front of my wife. And right. uh, it was something I wasn't prepared for. You know, I was prepared for the physical transformation. But for the emotional side, that was the most eye-opening part of the whole, you know, journey of gaining weight was, was the emotional side of it. So, yeah, I mean, self-conscious, uh, lost my self-esteem. And, um, you know, and because my energy levels, as they changed, as, they, as I got bigger, um, it affected me as a father. I have a two-year-old little girl, and not being able to play with her, even though I was doing this to myself on purpose, not being able to play with her and see her cry sometimes because I couldn't run with her, um, well, that was really, really hard for me because, uh, you know, obviously you want to make your child happy and, wow. and be, able to be able to play with her, but some people, you know, it made me realize that there's a lot more people out there that can't play with their kids, which is really is sad. Yeah, what absolutely. Was, what was the hardest part? It was, was putting the weight on the hardest or was getting it off the hardest? Because uh, for me, I reckon it, it, it seems somewhat insidious, right, to get weight on. A lot of people do it every single day. You know, we look at Australia and New Zealand and the US amongst the top five fattest countries in the world. And yeah. uh, and everyone goes, well, I don't know how I got fat. It must have been genetic. But you've got to work, I would think, bloody hard to get fat. Yeah, you know, for it was they were both hard in their own perspectives. Gaining weight was more hard, I would say, mentally. Um, physically, I was actually very, very surprised how quickly I gained the weight. Like, I, it really wasn't a struggle. And people told me before, oh, you're just in shape because of your genetics and you don't really have to try hard. And, um, but I, I think people were surprised at. at how quickly my body transformed because of the types of foods that I was eating. And, um, and then, you know, losing the weight definitely was, I, in one word, it was humbling uh, to go back to the gym now as an overweight guy and struggle to do 
simple things that I would try and get my clients to do. And so going back and doing that um, was also hard physically, but also uh, mentally to push myself at the gym and to overcome plateaus and things like that and and to be humbled in that perspective. So uh, both were, 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 were equally hard, I would say. And uh, and did you find people treated you differently when you'd put on the weight versus beforehand? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, uh, I, no one was mean to me or said anything rude. Uh, the only things I noticed were um, going to the grocery store, loading up my my grocery cart with uh, soda and cereal and pizzas and things like that. Um, people looked at me as I, I could tell. People were judging me as I was, uh, you know, um, buying those foods. They would look at my stomach, look at my food, and I could I could feel the judgment. And um, it, 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 that's the reason I did it, is I needed to be on the other side of it because honestly, I was probably more of the judgmental person before, where I would look at people that were, you know, buying those foods and were overweight. I would, you know, think, well, why are they doing that to themselves? And now being on the other side of it, I really understand for myself, how powerful things like food cravings and food addictions can become if you eat those foods, you know, every day. <laughs> so, so can you go through us what exactly you did eat to put on that weight? Like, what, what was your average day made up of? And this is the most surprising thing. People thought I ate just junk food or just fast food. Um, here's a typical day. I would wake up, have a big bowl of cereal, like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I would have a glass of juice. And then a couple hours later or three hours later, I have a snack, which would be a, like a granola bar uh, and some soda. Yep. And then for lunch, I would have a couple peanut butter sandwiches on white bread. Yep. Um, and then for a few hours later for another snack, I'd probably have some chips and uh, maybe some more juice. And then for dinner, I'd have a big bowl of white pasta with marinara sauce or macaroni and cheese with probably another soda. And then obviously, I'd have an, a late night snack before I went to bed, which usually consisted of uh, another bowl of cereal. And my my favorite was uh, cinnamon toast crunch. I mean, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> twice a day. I don't know if you guys have that out there. Nah, I remember the days when I was back in Canada, cinnamon toast crunch <laughs> when I was a kid. It sounds like Nutri-Grain over here. That's what it sounds like. It sounds something crappy yeah. like that. It's actually, it's actually pretty much just sounds like my high school diet. Yeah, it does. It sounds so common, doesn't it? It sounds like that's the sort of thing that so many Australians and so many Kiwis and so many Americans just eat just as their normal course. Mm. Yeah. I know that, that's the one thing I wanted to focus on was typical American foods. And I would have people write me and tell me the foods that you eat because I kept a video log and documented my journey. And they, would, they would say those are the same foods that I'm eating. It's the cheap easy, convenient foods that we can buy at the grocery stores. And those are the types of foods, those highly processed foods um, that really do become so addictive, just like a drug. Mm. What did, I know this is very, um, yeah. probably another question you've been asked, but what was really good about gaining that weight? Like, did you have a, like something you really enjoyed? <laughs> you know, like something yeah. that you maybe <laughs> stayed away from? No, this is the, and like the first, the first while, it it really was fun to let myself go. Like I was, you know, it was fun in a way to say, okay, I can eat whatever I want when I want. Um, and the foods that really did become the two main foods that became addictive were Mountain Dew, the soda, which I had twice a day, and then the cinnamon toast crunch or something similar, Captain Crunch cereal. That I mean, there were a lot of foods that I ate that taste good. Um, but those two foods, they were probably my main addictions. And uh, so, 
Yeah, it, that's the thing. It's like if I went a day without my Mountain Dew, I would get grumpy. I would get moody. Um, so many things. Yeah. So I really, it really opened my eyes to how addictive food can be. Whereas before, I looked at that as just an excuse or a lack of of willpower. Yeah. Yep. Just, just to and clarify so, for the Australian audience, um, Captain Crunch and Cinnamon Toast uh, are basically kids' cereals. Okay, so these yes. are the, the basic cereals that most Americans or North Americans will feed their kids. So, which is the equivalent to what we feed our kids in Australia. So, just to just to be clarify, okay. we're talking like yeah, like what are those things that corn like cornflakes with honey on them? Is that the sort of thing? Yeah, like it just all you know with a, lots of color, uh, like Fruit Loops. Yeah, would I'm be imagining Fruit like Loops. Fruit yeah, loops. yeah, something yeah, like yeah, Fruit Loops. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, Drew, did you have, uh, like, medical testing done along the way? Like, were you measuring your bloods and measuring certain markers and, and, and measures of ill health as well as you were going yeah. along? Yeah, I did. Luckily, I had a doctor who, uh, who monitored me. And, and actually, another thing is I worked in the medical field full-time uh, during this journey. So I worked with a lot of doctors um, throughout, but I did have a doctor monitor me um, monthly to check my, my blood levels to see, <laughs> to make sure I wasn't too much at risk. Um, so, I'm assuming you told me over those results, probably, right? One of the things that was amazing, I've, I did a TV show called Downsize Me, which came out not long after a, um, a, a movie or a documentary called Supersize Me, right? Which is, the, you know, a similar sort of experience. You supersized yourself, but I don't think anybody's ever heard how that guy went. Did he get all of his weight off? But we can see that you got all yours off. Um, but he was told by his doctor to stop doing it. Like, can you stop doing this thing because it's going to kill you? We, did you get any of those sorts of warnings? No, I got one warning from my doctor towards the end with like three weeks left. My blood pressure got up to 167 over 113 at one point, and uh, they did want to put, <clears throat> put me on medications. And I figured since I was only three weeks away, I, uh, I told them that I, I didn't want to because I wanted to show people how by just changing your diet mm. that, that your blood pressure um, – would be able to would change would get better and so i was like no i don't want to take the medication because if i do then people won't know if it's the, the meds or the foods that really help my blood pressure to drop so, yes. so their suggestion to you was to get on medication rather than stop doing what you were doing in terms of your lifestyle <laughs> yeah yep exactly <laughs> oh, just wow. checking That's just, <laughs> so true just surprising. stay on topic on that how long did it take you to you know bring that blood pressure down to a reasonable level just that first month. I mean, just wow. changing. But what I wanted to do the first month is, is show people how important your nutrition is. Because for me, that's really the key to, to becoming healthy is, is by changing what you eat. Not so much just exercising harder and longer. It's, it's changing what you eat. And so after that first month, I did lose 19 pounds. And everything from my glucose levels, triglycerides, to HDL, LDL levels, and blood pressure included – um, all went back to normal levels after that first month of, uh, and I didn't do any exercise that first month. All I did was change my diet to clean whole foods, and um, I lost 19 pounds. And and those those um, uh, those other things were back to normal levels. That's amazing. Luckily. Now, this remember for listeners that he did this like he gained weight for 26 weeks, right? So yeah. you know, so it's not just like he just gained weight for like a month or two. He gained weight for six months. So you know, to yeah. change that drastically within a month. So wow, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. And so how'd you go with the cravings once you swapped your diet back around again? How'd you go with those cravings? Yeah, that's the part that. Um, 
I did like, and uh, that's the part that was also eye-opening. It was hell going back from, you know, eating processed food for six months straight to try and eating clean again. It, it was a hard transition for my body, and that definitely opened up my eyes to that. It's not just a lack of willpower because it, it really is just like a drug um, getting off. I mean, I've never done drugs. I don't know. I can't say what it's like, but if I can imagine, I would say it's something similar because uh, your body, you know, you guys know as doctors, you know, eating those processed foods, you get the spike and then the blood sugar levels and you feel great. And after you have the crash and your body craves those foods again and it's a cycle, um, getting off of that was, was really, really hard. And um, the first two weeks were hell. Um, I'm not going to lie. And then it's, and then slowly your body does adjust. And um, right now, I would say that the cravings, I don't think they ever truly really go away. It's just I know how to manage it now. Wow. Um, going through it. So, yeah. I mean, they do get better. I'm not going to lie. They, they do get easier and they do get better. They're, and they're not as intense. But I don't think they ever truly go away, you know. I think they'll always be there if I see a Mountain Dew or smell something that I ate before. It'll bring back those old feelings. But it does get better over time. And so how long has it been since you turned that corner? Um, let's see, about eight months now. Wow, yeah. still getting that's the credits. That's amazing, isn't it? That's full on. Yeah. We, I mean, one of the things I've seen, and you've probably seen this as well, mate, is uh, is people rebound with their weight. You know, so successfully, people lose 200, 300 kilograms through their lifetime because they lose 25 kilos eight times. And, um, and they keep on rebounding so often. And you go, well, how can you do that? But you've just said it. The cravings stay. So you've got to learn how to manage it. What a, that's amazing. So, Drew, yeah. let's talk about those strategies. Like how did, you know, you said it's more than willpower. What are some of the strategies you can give to our listeners? I mean, you've gone through that process. You know what it feels like. Tell us some of the strategies you would implement or get uh, some of our listeners to implement if they want to make these shifts. Sure, and, and here's here's kind of the biggest thing that I took away from this this whole experience, and it'll tie into your guys' question, is that, you know, um, it's not just about the physical things, which is, yeah, meal plans and exercises and what to eat, what not to eat, how to exercise, the physical parts of, of most fitness programs. Those, I mean, it's important. Those things are important, but I think the biggest problem is that people don't have a problem with losing weight. Most people know how to do it. It's yep. it's a keeping it off and here's kind of what um, I learned is that it's not just about those physical things it, it's more about knowing the emotional challenges that come with losing weight and knowing how to overcome them and that's the key to making whatever fitness program you're on a lifestyle rather than just another diet that you're trying out to lose weight um, so the biggest key is knowing how to overcome the, uh, the, the, the psychological side and so here's what I talk about in my book actually is um, couple things. One is you need to, uh, once you have the desire to lose the weight, obviously the first step is to have the desire. You need to publicly declare your intention. I definitely highly recommend that. What I mean by that is is let people know about what you're trying to do so that they can keep you accountable. And then you, next, you need to have a support system in place with friends, family, an online community, um, people that really care about you and that can give you that balance of a kick in the pants when you need it, but then also belief and encouragement in you um, to know that you can do it. Because I know for me, if I did this by myself without anybody knowing about it, it would have been 10 times harder to try and lose the weight and keep the weight up. But knowing that people were out there watching me and I was in the public eye definitely kept me accountable 
Um, even though sometimes I wanted to give in the cravings, I knew people, I knew that the fear of failure is, is very powerful sometimes. And so those are, those are a couple of recommendations. And that's, that's uh, um, what I would recommend is knowing how to overcome the mental and emotional challenges that come with losing weight. And that's the key to making it a lifestyle rather than just another diet. It's, uh, it's hugely significant. Many people get a little bit confused, in fact, through that uh, about what it takes to lose weight. So, in my yeah. experience, there's I reckon, and this is just my experience, and I've never been overweight, so I, I can only speak from what I've learned and what I've taught and what I've shared with people. But I, I would say that it's about ninety percent initially um, diet and, and getting the food right, managing all that, getting on top of your cravings, falling in love with healthy food. I think yeah. that's that's a significant part. Uh, then I'd probably say the next part. Uh, well. To, I should go back. Almost 100% of it's mindset, right? Because you've really got to want to do this thing. Then yeah. like in terms of the two key things, 90% I reckon is food, and then 10% would be exercise. Would you agree with that or would you say it's something different? Yeah, no, I was it's something, it's something very similar. I usually say 80 20%, but it's, it, it is mostly the, um, the nutrition and then exercise is just one one part of it. I mean, you have to exercise, of course. But no, I, I agree with that statement. It's It's... I mean, as far as percentages go, I don't know how you quantify that, but it's something similar in my opinion. I think that's why it's so important to have all three of them combined. You know, that's why in the wellness yeah. guys, you know, it's not good enough just to learn all just about food and not do any exercise and not have any mice, but it's the all three combination. Like what you said, Demo, it's like just putting all three of them together is what's going to change you. And, you know, for sustainability, which you're talking about, Drew, is that's the most important yeah. thing. How can you sustain um, not just the weight, but like, just the energy, you know, the the your, the physical ability to do things, you know, with your kids. Um, those are the things yeah. we're talking about. And so, having a healthy life without all the health issues that we're gonna, that comes along with it by by using, you know, by gaining weight. So I think that's that's what we're we're, we're dealing with. Yeah, and in my opinion, you know, it, it, the problem is that we have such a diet mentality of trying to lose as much weight as possible, as quick as possible, and are only focused to scale weight. If, if we get people to focus more on becoming medically healthy first and not having their scale weight as their goal, then then weight loss and, and things like that will be a byproduct of living a healthy lifestyle over time. But the problem is that we, we focus so much on scale weight and the diet mentality of trying to lose as much as quick as possible rather than trying to change or make it a true lifestyle change. Yeah, that's such a great point. That's And that's that's the whole message of wellness, isn't it, mate? And it's, it's all about yeah. being super healthy and the side effect is, of course, losing weight and, you know, a, a great side effect would be to become as ripped as what you are. Like, that would be a great yeah. side effect. But, you know, <laughs> I think you've got to work that. I think that's a bit more than just, you know, eating well and doing a little bit of exercise. That's my, yeah. that's my feeling. Hey, well, you know, one thing I'm really yeah. sorry, Drew. One thing I'm really curious about is uh, is whether your tastes actually changed. Like, did you find that that some foods that you liked beforehand, when you started eating them again, you all of a sudden didn't like, and and vice versa? No, that's an excellent question because I've talked about this. I don't know, uh, you know, I can't back it up with scientific data, but I really do feel like my taste buds changed because uh, I during my gaining gaining the weight, there was a time where we had holy bagels with fat-free cream cheese and I it tasted like dog food to me and my wife you know who's eating healthy was like no this tastes fine you would eat this and be okay with it and I remember thinking at that point I wonder if my taste buds have changed and then going back and eating healthy after I, I was, uh, started losing or once I started losing the weight I really felt like at first the food did not taste as good 
as they did before. So I really do feel like my taste buds did change, but they do adjust and they do start to taste good again as your body uh, shifts those those cravings over and and then you you know you do start to crave the healthy food. But um, yeah, I really do feel like my taste did change, and, and the, I think which is a lot a lot of the reasons some people that go on diets, you know, hate the first part because like oh this tastes like diet food, it tastes horrible. I really do think their taste buds adjust and get used to the the processed foods. Yeah. How long did it take you to get that taste for good food again? Like, what time frame would you say? Uh, I, I would say the first month. First I mean, month. The first yeah. month. So many changes. So many other changes happened just that first month of eating healthy. Yeah, it was it was huge. So I, I would say the first. Yeah. So it really sounds like what you're saying is if someone's trying to lose weight, that first month is the key. Like that's the key, you know, if you can last for that first four weeks, then you're really going somewhere. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, yes. I feel like if you're if you stay consistent during that first month, you will notice big changes physically and, and mentally as well. That's unreal. So, Drew, in your book you dig tell us what what do you offer in your book? Obviously there's gonna be it says the unexpected lessons from gaining and losing weight, right? That's what it says. So what, what are people going to learn from when they buy your book? Because people will buy your book. Yeah. The, the story is amazing. Yeah. The, the, the book is a very in-depth personal experience of how it was, not just for me, but also for my wife. There's a, a chapter solely from her perspective of what the very honest changes that she noticed. Um, it does go into the mental and emotional side of it, of, of what I went through. You know, and people get to know, okay, a little bit more of a background of, of why why I did it and then how it was for me going from like a fitness addict to letting myself go. And um, and, and, um, and then it does go through the journey of, of losing the weight and being humbled. And um, and then at the end of the book, so half of the book is the narrative story of, of the journey, fit to fat to fit. And at the end of the book, there's three months worth of specific meal plans. Um, there's recipes, there's workouts, there's exercises. Um, everything I did to lose, to get back in shape is, is in the book. And one thing I do want to mention um, uh, about that, that, that second half of the journey of losing the weight is I actually invited people to join me on the journey. So I want people to see exactly what I did as I was losing the weight so that they could follow me. And so those meal plans, those recipes, those workouts are all in the book as, as well as the narrative story. Wow. Drew, just, just one, uh, one last question, if you don't mind, man. And for those sure. uh, people listening with kids, maybe you just want to turn it up. We, we just did a call on relationships, right, uh, with an relationship expert. You know, going, gaining that weight in the, in the first six months, what happened to your libido? How was your relationship at that time? You know if you don't mind me sharing. No, that's fine. No, it's it's a good question. I think I think a lot of people are actually very interested in it because a lot of people have asked it. Um, uh, what's interesting is my doctor tested my testosterone levels during this whole journey, and they dropped significantly. Um, you know, throughout as I was gaining the weight, and my you know my wife in her chapter, she definitely talks about our, our sex life and our intimacy levels and how it was, and it wasn't just. Um, Physical. So my drop in testosterone, honestly, my libido had dropped, and it wasn't the same. It also my energy levels, my stamina, and then also the way I looked at myself because I had less, a lot less self confidence. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel as sexy, and because of that, I was less attractive to my wife more than me just being overweight because she's dated overweight guys in the past. Um, so that didn't really bother it, bother her. It was how I looked at myself 
um, and my lack of self-confidence and self-esteem uh, that made me less attractive to her. And I was, I was not attracted to myself, of course, which is why I would cover up in front of her when I would step out of the shower or the lights would always be off. So, yeah, it did, it did have that impact on her marriage in, in, the, in the bedroom as well. <laughs> Wow, that's an interesting insight. Just the insight of just you know what it makes you feel, and therefore how you you know I guess embody that uh, your own thoughts and that are you know to your own wife, which is that's amazing. That's really cool. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, full on. That affects everyone, doesn't it? Amazing. I, I, I could keep on interviewing. There's so much information I asked. <laughs> Did you find? I mean, so many people challenge with they're challenged with weight loss because they plateau at some point, and yes. I suspect that it's you know there's got to be. And I haven't read the book, and I'm sorry about that, and I will. But. Um, did you plateau? Did you did you find that you hit a point where you just couldn't move any further, and it just stayed like that for a little bit of time? Yes, I did, and that's the thing is I think no matter who you are. The mental, some of the mental and emotional challenges that come with losing weight are things like plateaus, whether it's a physical or just a mental plateau. Um, you know, lack of motivation, uh, the giving into cravings, um, those kind of mental emotional challenges that come with uh, with losing weight are, are the key. You know, those are the things you have to know how to overcome to make it out. So, um, yes, I felt like uh, for me. Um, the, the plateau, I had two weeks where I went in, and this is the one of the problems I have with scale is because one week I lost only 0.3 pounds, and the next week I ended up gaining a pound. Right. And that's the thing scale, it, it, it fluctuates so much, and people beat themselves up, they don't see themselves losing weight. But what's interesting, those two weeks, um, I, I did measurements throughout, and I lost inches off my body, even though I wasn't losing weight. But I, I, I saw how discouraging weight loss can be, like, you know, I did weigh-ins every week. And, and because of those two weeks, even though I was doing everything right, it was very frustrating not to see the number move on the scale. Um, and so, yeah, for me, I hit that plateau where I was like, okay, you know, maybe I need to, I need to change something up. This isn't working. Um, and so I felt what other people felt. Because a lot of people, when they hit a plateau, they just think, oh, it's not working anymore. I need to give up. And back to my old lifestyle, which is the worst thing you can do. So um, you got to overcome yeah, plateaus, whether it's physical, meaning, uh, you know, your, your weight is what you want to be, or rather whether it's a mental plateau where um, you're just kind of bored with lifestyle and you, you feel like you want to go back to your old lifestyle. Yeah. Um, you need to know how to overcome that and push through because you can't see a change on, on the scale. I mean, your, your body's not becoming healthier. You don't know how much better um, your your organs are healing because you're treating it healthier. Um, you can't really measure that. But then, you know, other things like measurements. I lost inches off my body those two weeks, but I didn't lose weight. So I wouldn't call that a plateau, really, because just because you're not losing weight. Yeah, well, true. That's a great insight. You know, thanks for sharing with that because that's, that's absolutely amazing because yeah. it just keeps people going and keep on motivating. So, so people who want to know more about Drew, Drew, like congratulations, man. You did a great job and uh, you deserve all the success. I mean, you've been on Good Morning America, Tonight Show and Dr. Oz and CNN. It's just absolutely amazing. Yeah. So, you know, congratulations. Uh, man, that's an amazing journey that you went through and I'm sure you learned a lot and the insights that you 
that you shared with us tonight is just simply amazing. It just not only helps people who are who are trying to get healthier, but also helps people who are trying to help people um, to lose weight. You know, the doctors and the practitioners who are listening to this call. So if you want to check out uh, more on Drew's stuff, it's uh, Fit to Fat to Fit, which is the number two. So Fit number two, Fat number two fit.com and uh you also have a new book coming out or your that's already came out already sorry but it's just came out in australia as well so uh, as of today so make sure you guys go out and buy that book so um fantastic thank you again drew for spending time with us on this call and, and thank you for all your insights no, i loved it thank you guys for having me on it's my pleasure and i appreciate it Right. What well, as always, join us each week on the thewellnessguys.com. Make sure you leave a comment below this particular episode and tell us what you think about Drew's journey. Like, tell us if you would have, would have you know, the guts to do what he did and to, what are some of the insights that you learned from, from this particular um, episode. Make sure you like us on face, Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and make sure you sign up and subscribe us on iTunes. Until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives. Lead by example, and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guy Show.